Welcome back to Calm Talk. It's with your treasurer, Caden Hayes. Um, chairman, I think I'm still a chairman in the <laughs> position they haven't fixed that. Uh, but I'm Ruben. I'm Ruben. We're here at uh, in Midland. We're at Retrospect headquarters. We call it the shop. Um, we got our uh, guest speaker here with us. You can go ahead and introduce yourself. Michael Dutchover, uh, born and raised in Midland, Texas. You know, graduated from Midland High. Known my boy Ruben, you know, since back in the jump, and right now I'm living back. I'm living in California, um, in my profession. My I'm a professional boxer, you know, so I'm just living my dream right now. I just fought uh, September twentieth, live on Showtime. We brought a, sh a Showtime to Midland. I fought at Hacienda, you know, good turnout and everything. And so now, now I'm back here in the city, just enjoying time with my family and friends, doing what I do. That's awesome. How was that fight? How do you uh, how do you feel uh, about that? It was lit. It was uh, the outcome wasn't what I wanted, but uh, it was still like it was the best thing that could happen for my career, honestly. Because TV, the TV Showtime, like they love the performance. Um, as everybody knows, if they watch my fight, I, I lost by a technical knockout because I had got a cut, mm -hmm. and so I was winning the fight. I was up on two of the judges' scorecards. There was, it was a ten round fight. I got cut in the eighth round. And uh, the doctor it was an in, inexperienced doctor from Texas. That's what a lot of people don't know. He was inexperienced. And he seen my cut, and automatically they stopped the fight. And so that means because the cut was caused by a punch, that that guy wins. And and see me in my career, I've, I've been cut before. I was cut, I think, in my sixth fight in, like, the third round. And it was a six-round fight. And... Um, uh, you know, I fought three rounds with a cut. You know what I'm saying? Right, like yeah. it's just part of yeah. boxing. It's what happens. And so I ended up. I had won that fight. You know, if they would have let me finish this fight, you know, I'm pretty sure I would have won. And but it's just one of those things that happens. And you know, it was out of my control. And but it was still a crazy turnout because the fight. It was a good fight. You know, I was putting the pause on dude. And you know, every everybody knew uh, what's up with with my performance. My promoters. They knew I had won the fight, so they didn't even care. They were like, just um, don't worry about it. Let your cut heal up. Um, you know, we'll be back next year. Have a strong year in 2020. You know, hopefully we'll bring some more TV fights back to back to here in Midland. Because they loved the the ratings were crazy for Showtime. Oh, man. Yeah, that's awesome. Crazy, nice. you know, right here in Midland, Texas. So that was the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm back in the gym right now. You know, even though, like, this kind of like my little vacation, you know, I'm still training. You know, always staying ready, and you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm blessed by the best. You know, I'm living life, and you know, feels good to be back home. Yeah, grind never stops. That's uh, that's one of the key elements in cross country. Uh, he talked. Uh, Michael just mentioned that he uh, he knew me from the jump. We've known each other since we were freshmen and uh in high school. We both ran on the cross country team, and uh, we were we were both freshmen on the varsity squad. So that was and we was that both was pretty fast. cool. Yeah, dude, it was crazy. Some of the uh, some of the upperclassmen just like. They were they they weren't the best people, but um, nonetheless they were great runners and they showed us a lot. So that was pretty that was a pretty good experience. And we were over there uh, dropping sixteen thirties as freshmen. Sixteen thirties, so baby. <laughs> so that was pretty cool. Um, no, but that's awesome. Yeah, we were we were super excited. I mean, not even talking about the the general population, but uh, we keep in contact with all of our uh, former high school runners and our our, our former coach yeah and, we're in uh, a whole group message you know everybody would our boy bryce you know bryce is putting on especially you know for the 
cross country. Absolutely. Uh, shout out, shout out to Bryce yeah, Hopwell. He, uh, he was oh. one of our our teammates. He, uh, he's he gonna signed. Be the, he's gonna be an Olympian from Midland, Texas. Yeah, I said, I said it right here. He signed. Uh, he signed to Adidas recently, and oh, really? he had really? been he'd been running at uh, Kansas uh, at KU for a minute. So that was pretty awesome. He got some national uh, titles. So we that was grew pretty up cool. With him, you know, and that, that that's the thing that was funny about uh, running um, during our our whole years you know because we we're like freshmen all the way together yeah you know what i'm saying but whenever bryce was there it was like because we knew bryce stays in front you know yeah. so it's basically but we had a really good team from uh what was it 20 like 2013 all the way to 16 yeah you know absolutely. what i'm saying like our group was was cool i feel like our group was because football wasn't doing nothing really or or basketball like only people that was getting like uh, accolades for Miller High was cross country and track and so that's what we were doing and I thought that was really cool but we were always because Bryce was always in front and all of us were competing and that's what made us better as runners because we were competing for second place you yeah, know what yeah. I'm saying because Bryce was always going to be there he's just so talented and so but we'd push each other for that and I think it, it was always tight it was always tight it was because Bryce was first and it was either you, Kate, or me, you know what I'm saying? They're always like switching Chad, places. Albert, Chad, Albert, Albert you know, we're always switching places. And like, it was just, it was, it was cool to compete. And you know, like, it's like we developed a friendship through that, you know, yeah, running. Absolutely. Um, those mornings, you know what I'm saying? Everything. Something that, that never really clicked with me during high school was uh, Coach D and Coach Ochoa. Uh, yeah. Shout out to both of them. They're pretty great people that helped us. Yes, uh, I still talk to Coach Dederosa. Yeah, yeah. He's, know, he's in the group chat, so we, we're constantly just talking to him. Yeah. But something that never really clicked with me was they would always say, like, you guys are like a, like a group of talented people, like just overall, like mm-hmm. athletics, academics, like whatever aspect that we were uh, – uh, associated with we were just like a really good group and that didn't really click with me because like I was like no nah, like we're just doing what we need to do you know what I mean like there's nothing more to it but looking at looking now. back at it now I'm yeah, saying man you. like we really were committed we didn't really uh, during that time seemed like we we're just having fun right? and like, yeah we were just running just, that was that was the biggest yeah, aspect of it like crazy we had so much fun and then like the the um What's it I called? I had fun on them school, but on them them buses too. Man, <laughs> some of those bus rides were intense. We were just dropping. Not me. Not me. <laughs> and um, what's it called? So, oh, but yeah, um, I have to mention my uh, our uh, our my senior, my sophomore year, Austin Watson. Yeah, he Austin. Was, he, Austin Watson. he was one of the most influential people. I remember. I think we had a tempo run, and yeah, we just we we weren't doing too well. And it's so funny because at that time, Bryce just did not want to run. So. It, it, he just kind of like stopped us at one point because we just weren't doing good at that workout and he's like if you guys don't run this well he's like i don't even know what i'm gonna do he just went like point being he went off on us yeah he went off on us and yeah. we're like oh snap like yeah. we really have to like get you know get uh going to what we need to do so it was literally right after that practice mm-hmm. that i think it just hit with us especially and we just kind of progressed from there and um, go, jumping into our junior and, and uh, senior year, we just that was kind of like the the mood set after, like literally nice. due to that one practice. Yeah. You nice. you also ran cross country in high school, right? Yeah, I got into cross country my junior year because uh, one of my friends, uh, Matt, shout out uh, Matt Curry, uh, he was the only only dude that ran cross country. I mean, our school had like. I don't know, like a hundred high schoolers in it. So he was <laughs> Dang, like, yeah, small I know. High school. Uh, what was it? A small high school. Yeah, it was like, 
I mean, it was like a high school, middle school, elementary. Oh, okay. It was all together. So, so like, uh, I graduated with like 20 people. Mm. So, uh, but I hope you was at the top of your class. <laughs> you had to be in the top two to even get like 10%. Dude, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that's, like, it's I definitely wasn't in the top of mine. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, he just needed people. So he, it was like me and like all of my best friends like jumping on this cross country mm-hmm. team. And he'd been doing it since like junior high. And I, I'd done track, but I was more like relays. But yeah. I, but I was really interested <clears throat> in doing uh, more distance because that's what my. Uh, my dad and my uncle did back in the back in the same high school, and they were pretty pretty decent. And it's so easy to run. Like uh, I remember the reason I got into running is because I was like so uncoordinated in like every other <laughs> sport ever. So I was like, ah, I could just do this to get. Yeah, in you shape. don't need talent to run. Mm-hmm. It's like... But it just so happened that I was pretty talented in in that aspect. So yeah. I just kind of ran with it, and you know, I got my tuition paid for all four years. Ooh. So that's. You know, I can't be mad. did what I needed to do, right? Yeah, I absolutely cannot be mad. And you're still running now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, we just finished our season. Uh, okay. Did pretty nice. well. The team that... What was, was your PR this year? Man, to be honest, I didn't do as well as I wanted to this uh-huh. year. But um, 27.36 in the 8K. 8K, that's 5? Five? 5, yeah. like like 27 what? 27.36. Uh, 27, yeah, so it, it was crazy, man, because... Uh, this whole season, like, it's Bruh, just been kind of... What's the mile pace on that? Um, like I think six, it was, like, 540-something. Five, five. Uh, you, you still got it. You still no, got yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, still co- pretty swift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but compared to the times I was running we're, we're my freshman modest. year... being modest. That's... <laughs> <laughs> compared to what we're, I was doing That's my good. freshman year, man, um, you know, uh, relating, like, my performance now yeah, to then, I'm just you. like, oof, you know, I could have done better. But it's just been tough. It's been a tough... Uh, past Recovery three season. years and yeah i was injured for the majority of this year so uh regardless i feel great so um on the side of your foot you kind of have this uh bone i don't know exactly what it's called but it's on the outside of of everybody's bone i guess and if you fill up By on the it, ankle you just fill it it's like in the middle of, of the foot because um, i that's honestly that's one reason why i'm here right now too is because i injured uh-huh. all right so we i we we got time, right? Because yeah, I, I got a story right now. Of course, <laughs> tell your story. Okay, this reason why I'm right. I'm here right now is because I'm uh, doing physical therapy on my leg because mm-hmm. I injured my leg running a half marathon in Dang. Long Beach. And so we'll get to this uh, story. I'll start from the beginning and start from my fight. You know, I fought September twentieth. I had already scheduled myself for a full marathon. That's on October 13th. That was on October 13th. So, I think September 20th, October 13th. That's not that much time, though. You know? Right, yeah. But yeah. I was already in shape, you know. So, I knew I was in shape, you know, because of all of my boxing training and everything. <laughs> and so, I fought. Anyways, remember, I got cut. I got cut. I went straight to the hospital. Got stitches. And they tell me I can't work out uh, until I get my stitches out because of sweat. Right, right. And so, I can't work out. And so, they told me I would have it. I would have the stitches on for 10 days. So, anyways, telling me I can't work out is like telling a pothead you can't have weed. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, because right, that's what I just, do every day. Like, I work out every day. And so, I kind of, like, got out of it. Like, I was, like, in a funk. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm literally just, like, walking around the house. Like, can't do, I can't sweat so I can't move a lot. I'm literally just, like, freaking watching Netflix and eating. Just, like, I was just, like, getting fat. You know what yeah, I'm and saying? Slump. And, like, I, I literally feel like, like, I get, like, depression whenever I can't work out. Absolutely, so, yeah. Anyways, finally ten days, ten days of that is basically what happened, you know. And so me, you know, just like gaining some weight, basically. And then <laughs> so 
I finally get my stitches. I'm like, dang, I can finally run. You know, I'm finally again. And by that, that's 10 days. It's like, it's already September 30th. You know, already getting like October 1st, basically. October 1st. And so now the marathon is 13 days away. You know what I'm saying? And it's in Long Beach. And so, anyways, I'm still here in Midland. My, my flight was October 11th. I was going to fly over there to Long Beach and, you know, spend the day over there and then run the marathon October 13th. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, back to fast, um, rewind a little bit. I get my stitches out. Finally, I'm like, man, I got to do some mileage. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, anyways, I talked to my coach back in California. He's like, because he knows me and my mentality, you know. So, he already knew that he didn't want me to run the marathon, basically. Because, you know, I, really, I shouldn't have. You know? Ten days being yeah, ten, like no, that. Who trains for a marathon in ten days? <laughs> you know? That's like, it's stupid, you know. But, anyway, I just put in my mind, you know, I'm going to get through it regardless. So anyways, he but he talked me down to just doing the half marathon because he knew that I wasn't going to not run it. Man, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I already signed up. Me, my mentality, like I signed up for something. I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of that outcome or whatever. So, But I was like, okay, I'll do the half marathon. And so I knew I got it. And it, it, this was a Monday before uh, I'll start you off like the whole week. It was a Monday. The race was going to be that Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Monday... I'm like, this is my first workout since my fight, you know, and after I gained some weight and everything. So I go and do 10 miles. I ran 10 miles, you know, just a uh, slow pace, you know, just got through it. And then uh, the bad thing was I didn't really stretch out, really. But anyways, <laughs> and so oh, man. I already felt it. I ran it, like, in the morning, already, like, later on that day. My legs were, like, dead. Man, dead. yeah, I can dead, imagine. Dead. So I wake up the next day feeling like I can barely walk. Um, you know, I still, I, but I told myself I got to get some mileage in, you know, so I was like, I'll just do another 10, you know, even a slower pace. And so I did another 10 that Tuesday. This is Tuesday now. I did 10 miles that day, but that day I think I hurt my knee because I, I was running and like during like, it was towards the end, like the seventh or eighth mile. I felt like a little something mm-hmm. in my knee, but I kept running through it. I just kept running through it. And I was like, damn. And I, f- I finished my 10 miles and I was like, dang. And so. I like uh, I soaked myself in the Epsom salt bath that that night and you know try to recover the best way I knew possible, and so I wake up the next day is Wednesday, I told myself I still gotta get some mighty gym but I'm gonna bring it down so I was like I'm gonna just do six you know, and I started running that Wednesday after like the second mile I was like my knees it, it hurt too bad like I knew something was up so, yeah something and so I was running I was like oh, I can't do this like I'm not gonna be able to run this half marathon like this so I was like I'm gonna just uh, rest my leg and rest my legs until the marathon so mm. hopefully my leg can get better so I can just finish it you know at a very slow pace so anyways that was Wednesday so Thursday Friday Saturday I have three days you know of, like getting my legs recovered but and then it gets to Sunday that Sunday morning I had already flew over there to Long Beach um, I feel my leg I'm like it, feel, it felt a lot better than that Wednesday but I still felt it. Right, you know what I'm right, saying? I yeah. Still, and, and it was on the outside. I'll tell you my diagnosis after the story. <laughs> but um, so it gets to, I get to the line, and it's a huge marathon race. It's like over like 1,500 people. Holy 1, smokes, I know, yeah. I think honestly more like 5,000. No, there was thousands, five to 10,000 people running, you know. And it was just a, a it was kind of like a bucket list for me to do, you know, because my dad used to run marathons, so I want to be able to, you know, something. Get in, that out of the way. Yeah, get that out of the way. And yeah. so anyways. But I was not prepared for it. But anyways, <laughs> I get to the starting line. 
I got a brace on my knee, you know, like, and I did as much as I stayed, stressed it out, got a massage on it, like, did as much as I could to, uh, to I be thought prepared to recover at for the, it. At the very least. But it wasn't. So, anyways, uh, the race starts. Uh, for the people on the podcast listening that don't know, half marathon is 13.1 miles. So, hey, I, uh, I start, uh, the timer starts. I start running after the first mile. I started feeling my knee. <laughs> oh, God. So, oh, at, like, literally after so the first mile. Bad. And so, you know, the, 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 think about, like, with the, me- the mental uh, toughness that that does to you. Mm-hmm. The, you know, because I'm like, damn, I'm only on mile one. I still got 12 more to go, and my knees are already hurting. down, yeah. So, anyways, long story short, um, I kind of coasted at a slow pace, like, running through the pain. And I'm just, like, just telling myself, get through this you know get through this and then uh, after you get through this then you'll let your leg recover and then yeah, um i'll just get whatever i need to done to get it done because i knew i was hurting it mm-hmm. so anyways I, fast forward i get to mile nine i'm at i'm at the ninth mile running like kind of uh still feeling it every every step hurts it, during the race every single step i take with my left knee it hurt and it's think is it uh, like a sting or is it kind of like uh, a- like a like a like a knife just oh yeah, like, yeah. Every time you know, every time I step, a little knife is just like boom, boom, boom. And so, anyways, I get to the ninth mile, and you know, I'm coaching. I'm like, all right, you know, I think I can be able to finish it. I was at like a slow pace. I was probably running like close to like ten minute mile pace. You know, slow. that's yeah. how slow I was running, and and then it hurt every single step. You know what I'm saying? So maybe like nine thirty, not like that slow, but after, <laughs> all right, all right. After this, um, okay. Anyway, <laughs> on the record, yeah, Just on for the, the record, record. <laughs> because I finished uh, my final time for the thirteen miles was two hours and uh, fifteen minutes. Yeah. So you okay. know that's uh, something like around nine thirty, ten minute. You know. But anyways, mm-hmm. um, I get to the ninth mile. There's a water station. You know, I run through all of this, you know, because my dad, again, like, kind of peeped game of me, like, uh, nutritional-wise. So I had a couple of energy gels and stuff that I was running with. And I took a couple of energy gels. Um, uh, that's all I did. I took two energy gels during that nine nine miles. I get to the ninth mile, there's a water station. And so I'm contemplating in my head. I was like, man, I only got four miles left. I was like, should I stop at this water station to get water or just, like, keep going? And then I, but I decided to stop and get some water. And so, uh, but I never, during like races, you never stop, you know, you just keep yeah, walking. Yeah. And so there was a water station. I got some water. I was at the ninth mile and I was like, boom, but that was my biggest mistake. And so anyways, um, I got some water after I, I, I drank like maybe like eight ounces and then I started walking again, but the, that's all it took. My body got cold, you know mm. what I'm saying? And so I started walking Then I took my first jogging step. Boom, my, my my knee gave out. My knee gave oh out. I busted. I busted. I busted. You just ate the ground. Yeah, I busted ass. And actually, my, my knee gave out. I fell down to the ground. I fell down. I was like, literally, like, it just looked bad. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, yeah, yeah. I knee couldn't get, imagine. I, my, I couldn't put no pressure on my knee. I was like, ah, like, Dude. I literally, I was like, I was like, dang. I, yeah, I hate bad. imagining stuff like that. That's it hurt insane. bad. And, the thing that was funny that was like everybody just started passing me. Nobody tried to help me up. Or anything. I was <laughs> like, damn. To trample you. I was like, running their own job. Race. I was like, <laughs> but anyways, I was on the ground. I was like, oh, just like throbbing in pain. I get up. I try to. I couldn't even walk. I couldn't even walk. I took one step. I'm like, ah, like it hurts so bad. Right. This sort of feels like a freaking like a huge, you know, twelve inch knife is in there. You know, at first it was just like a yeah. little one. Now it's like I couldn't barely do it. So I knew I had to stop. 
uh, like uh, massage it out, you know, stretch it out and try to. And so I did that. Probably took me like 10, 15 minutes. And I was just like rubbing it out. And then I finally uh, get up and I can finally walk like barely. Like I'm walking with a stiff leg. Mm-hmm. Like a, like literally like uh, somebody that has like a straight stiff leg, you know, uh, like a cane. Mm-hmm. Like I could I can barely yeah, yeah, I can barely really- bend it, you know. And so I started walking. I'm like, man, I can walk. Because like, still in my mind, I'm like, I have to finish this race. I'm still going to finish it because you know, it's just who I am. You know, I'm not going to not finish it because it's going to kill me. Yeah. It was going to kill me if I didn't finish it. So anyways, I was at nine miles. And so I started jogging again. But if I could show you, I'll show you after the podcast how I was jogging. But <laughs> I was literally jogging, like limping, like with the stiff leg, like one leg out, you know, and I was bending my, my right knee, but my left leg is, like, just straight. Yeah, you know, yeah. like, I literally walked, not walk, like, jog, because it was too slow for me to walk. So, I literally jogged like that for the next four miles and finished the race. With, nice, And man. I finished, and I was, like, I got down. As soon as I crossed the finish line, I sat down. I'm, like, help. Uh, you know, give me, yeah, help. <laughs> like, they literally had EMTs and everything, and, like, there for, like, because there's a lot of people that were injured. Right, like, yeah. Like, that aren't used to it and stuff. But I was like, yeah, I needed to go help. So I went to get, like, ice and everything. And I was like, now I got to recover my leg, you know. Because at the end of the day, the biggest thing for me is my, is my boxing career right now. And so I was like, I'm not going to do nothing now. I did what I needed to do. I finished the race. And so now I got to recover my leg. And so anyways, um, uh, I flew right back home after that to because I had to... I seen a doctor, um, a knee specialist, and I had it was, it was called a, a patella morpho strain, mm-hmm. some something like that, you know, one of those big words. But the good thing it was just a strain and not a tear. Yeah, yeah, know? that's yeah. And so uh, I was just basically talking about I would be out for a few weeks, you know what I'm saying? So I braced it up. I started doing physical therapy. I just got off this past week, and I started training again this week, honestly. And so I just like starting slowly, like I ran like two miles the other day like very slow and like it felt good and so it's a it's a, it's a process you know yeah, for it to recover and that's all and so um coming coming back from an injury like that um, yeah it, it's that's that's awesome i think uh same with me that's exactly where i was and yeah for a minute in the season that's how it was but um are we good okay we had it we had to face a little technical minor adjustment, minor adjustment. thank you technical thank you. difficulties thank you, nah keep it in there <laughs> keep it in there this is this is raw and uncut. <laughs> <laughs> so one question I want to ask is yeah. like coming out of uh, high school, what made you want to go into like boxing? Um, I get asked this a lot or for people that don't know me because mm-hmm. uh, I've been boxing since I was eight years old. Oh, wow. Eight years old. I was in Ruben knows, you know, um, everybody that knows me here in Midland knows me as the boxer. You know, I was I was an amateur boxer from eight to 18 so that's 10 years of i had over 150 amateur fights you know i fought at the olympic olympic qualifiers as an amateur and you know ruben news knows what like what i was going through you know i would go through cross-country practice you know still go to boxing practice after school and you know like i just grind it you know Mm -hmm. especially through my high school years and so i knew because me my thing school wasn't my thing you know i'm saying uh and you know my and uh, you know, IQ wise or intelligence wise, like, cause, you know, school was hard for me. For me to like l- grasp, you know, a subject and everything, I need like one on one tutoring. And you know, I didn't get, I can, you know, uh, we can't afford we were, that. Yeah, know, we were family. in a public school. Yeah, so. we're in a public yeah. school. And so, 
and you know uh, <clears throat> i didn't get a lot of stuff and so uh, i knew that boxing was like literally had to be my way out and uh so right after i was getting close to graduating you know i still i worked as hard as i could and to to graduate high school and i did you know so i graduated high school and i had the opportunity to go pro uh, signed with my manager and coach now danny zamora back in california he had kind of like scouted me during my high school years when i was an amateur fighting at national tournaments and so we met up during my junior year in high school i went over there to california to train and he was training world champions at the time and he seen that and i was the real deal you know i can mm-hmm. he saw um uh like he saw a future in me you yeah. know what i'm saying and so but he wanted me to come back and graduate it so i graduated my after my senior year at midland high and i called him up right away i was like you know let's do this and so i did it signed my signed my contract and i turned pro october of 2016 i believe oh, wow. 20 yeah 2016 and so i've been pro for uh three years going on four now and um have a pretty good record yeah for uh 13 and 1 10 ko's so yeah and you know just uh, this next year should be really big you know it will be really big you know i'm i'm grinding over here and you know just looking for you know just i just gotta keep grinding keep training hard and that i I just want to mention that that acknowledgement or that effort all everything that he's put in is acknowledged by the city of midland what uh what days come uh yeah april 12th in midland texas is michael dutch over there yeah Yeah, just in midland texas you know a lot of people don't know uh because uh, all my because all through i kind of gained like uh a name through whenever i was an amateur winning national tournaments you know um you know for for midland you know, and so they gave me a, pro- a proclamation um, for April 12th, and that was like in 2012, I yeah, believe. Yeah, it was, yeah. It was a while and back, so yeah. Every April 12th, not, it's funny whenever we we post about it, because I don't post about it. Somebody like, usually tell my family, and then everybody post, uh, sees that and they share it. They're like, they say, tell me happy, it's my birthday. I'm like, no, nah, it's not my birthday. It's Michael Dutch over day. You know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah. And so everybody trips out and they're like, they're like, nah, and like, I approve because I have the proclamation, you know, where it says, whereas this day, April 12th, you know, is yeah. known as Michael Dutch over day in Midland, Texas. So, you know, that's something I always be humbled and, you know, uh, love the city for, you know. See, like everyone has a birthday. Yeah, right? not, like, not everyone yeah. has their so, own day. I got, I got like two days, you know, in the <laughs> year. <laughs> so it's pretty cool, you know. I'm blessed to. That's pretty awesome for the city to acknowledge me like that, you know. So, going uh, or starting when you were eight years old, yeah. and then like going up through like you know elementary and then junior high and high school. Now you're like a professional life. Mm-hmm. What is like? What are like the biggest sacrifices you had to give up other oh, than yep. like just time? And that's stuff? a that's a good question. Is uh, there's a lot of a lot of sacrifices and especially the well, what I'm doing or really any professional athlete, you know what I'm saying? Because uh, all of my family's here. I'm a big family dude, you know. I'm a mama's boy, you know. I tell everybody that I'm not scared to say it too, you know. And I love all my family. I got two other brothers, and, you know. We grew up tight, you know what I'm saying? So and as when I graduated, I was 18. I moved out the house to California, you know, I was living over there, I'm living over there at like a camp house, you know, just other boxers, and you know, just, it's kind of, kind of like, like how people live in college, like college dorm rooms, but right, it's like, yeah, right. it's just me and like a couple of other boxers, and I'm, ba- I'm lit, I'm on my own at 18, you know what I'm saying, and so I wait for my family all the way to a different state, and over there, and just, 
Uh, but at the end of the day, um, all of the sacrifice and dedication like just paid off, you know, because mm-hmm. where I'm at right now. And so and my family knows I have the greatest support from my family and everybody and everybody back home, like the city. Uh, you know, I love Midland. And Midland shows a lot of support for me, too. Every time I come back, I go and speak at like elementary schools because people see me as like a role model. Yeah. You know, so I want to be a good role model, especially to the kids growing up here. Because, you know, I was one of them, you know what I'm saying? So I always tell those kids, like, I want y'all to be in my shoes whenever y'all are older. You know what I'm saying? I want y'all, well, the, the person that chases their dreams, you're going to go back and uh, preach to the next generation. You know what I'm saying? About hard work and sacrifice and dedication. And that's what it takes. That's what it takes. You know, me going through, growing up through high school, I had to say no to, you know, parties, you know, some girlfriends. I got rid of some girlfriends, you know, because I knew that, all of my time had to be dedicated to boxing because yeah. that was my going to be my profession. You can't be, you can't be ninety percent in it. You know, you, if you're ninety percent in it, you know you're going to get knocked out. Basically, that's just how it is. You know, plain and simple. So you got to be hundred percent in. And I knew that, so that's why I had to dedicate myself and uh, the sacri- I had to sacrifice. You know, time with my friends, families. You know, I moved over there and um, I knew I knew I knew what I was getting myself into and. At the end of the day, you know, um, it pays off. It, it it paid off, and you know, I'm still working hard now because I'm not, I'm not where I want to be yet. You know, I'm still not, I'm still not there, but I'm grinding to get there. You know what I'm saying? So that, that's why I feel uh, just a lot of sacrifice. And but uh, if you work working hard and anything you do, it doesn't have to be just boxing. You know, and uh, people, you know, people going to school, you know, to get the degree. You know, and it's hard. And it sacrifices and like you're sacrificing time away to study you know to uh from friends that you want to do there's a lot of stuff that i wanted to do that i didn't do during high school you know yeah. because i was in the gym putting in work you know what i'm saying and so that's just one of those things i always preach to whenever they have me talk talk about that that sacrifice that i did and the hard work it, it pays off at the end of the day of something i think that like uh this whole ideology that you have reflects is just like and, and I, I hate to like mention it again, but that program that we had there at Millen uh, yeah. High for the cross country team, they exactly. really iterated uh, exactly that. Like some of uh, I could just remember so many speeches where you're just like like it didn't even it didn't even feel like a, a speech just because we we really were just like we're living like, it. Like, we're living yeah. it. Like our our diet wasn't the best, but um, <laughs> like we were still committed to to what we were doing. We knew like, hey, we're gonna have this track workout. Sacrifice, we can't sacrifice yeah. weekends at parties. Yeah, and, I mean, and even exactly. something as simple as like sacrificing going to lunch at like La yeah. Lancheria yeah. or yeah. something like that. Like it, you those know, li- we, we really those little were, things. Those are the things that add up that uh, build character for yourself. You know, and, and your friends and every. Because I always say you're a product of your environment. You know. Uh, who you hang around, that's who you you're, you're gonna yeah, be like, yeah. you know. So you you choose to do with yep. what you get. So and yeah, exactly. And and, and if you don't, as well. if you don't like it, then you know, then you need to change it. You know, what I'm saying if you don't like what you see, like or who your friends are, then you need to change it. Life lessons from a professional boxer. That's what right it there. is. <laughs> clap, clap, clap. Um, but just to get into a little bit more of the uh, communication aspects of uh, just this whole career, this whole profession. I know it's uh. It, it's definitely a lot more uh, different than what like mm-hmm. I'm used to a now because yeah. like uh, like my my uh, communication is more based off of like mileage and and you know getting that done and stuff like that yeah. but at the same time it, it reflects a lot of like that whole athletic aspect of it and sacrificing those little things um, what what kind of things have you seen different from like 
now, now that you're on your own, now that you're kind of like doing that, like what, what communication as far as like your nutritionist, your coaches, like what do you see that uh, kind of like has helped you the most, I suppose? Yeah, everything, when I get into deep in the training camp, deep in the training camp, it's like the whole mindset changes, you know, uh, like the flip switches on, you know what I'm saying? I, but that's about everything, the nutrition, waking up early, sacrificing, you know, bedtime, you know, TV shows, like stuff like that. And because um, I do, I, I'm on a strict schedule. You know, when I'm in California, I'm working out two times a day, every day. Um, Sundays are my rest days, and I, that's, that's my rest day. And even at that, there's like discipline. And there's discipline in everything. I even have to stretch out. Mm-hmm. I have to get discipline on my stretching. And like my nutrition, because everybody knows about boxes, you know, it's all about making weight. And so I can't eat as much. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I got to, that's the thing that sucks too. You know, I got to yeah, start yeah. cutting What's calories. Your weight class? Just I fight right? at 135, 135. Okay. Yeah. Is that like a featherweight or like? That's lightweight. It's lightweight. a lightweight division. Gotcha, yeah. Gotcha. Lightweight division. And, but when I'm in training, I'm like, when I'm in shape, I'm like 100, 145 to 147 pounds. And that's oh, like, wow. that's my in shape. Then I lose that weight to get to, to make weight. And so that's just uh just one of those things and everything it's it's all it's all together the team that i have i have a head coach a strength and conditioning coach an assistant coach and a cut man that's in the ring whenever i fight and so we're all together uh communicating on the same team you know everybody has their job everybody has their role and so my head coach of course you know he's the head in charge you know my strength and conditioning coach i do workouts with him also, and he's like more of my nutritionist too, just uh, peeping me game like on nutrition and food and how many calories uh, on like hard days of training and light days, mm-hmm. things like that. And, you know, and cutting weight, that cutting weight process. And uh, a lot goes into I've learned a lot since in my three years of being a professional. And, you know, I'm still learning more to this day. Like, I feel that everybody like. You should never know everything about your profession or whatever you're doing because when you do, it's like you can't get better. You know what I'm saying? So I'm always trying to get better and learn new things. And I'm learning more and more, you know, as uh, my career goes on. You know, so I'm looking forward to uh, uh, showcasing, you know, more uh, higher level of skill IQ in, in the ring in, my, in 2020. Nice. And you mentioned, like, uh, your team. And uh, Ruben was telling me earlier that uh... – Y'all go like you have like a name like a, a name for it. What was it? Uh, on the on the group chat that we no, it's not a group chat. It's uh, like my nickname. No, it was like, all glory to God. Oh yeah, oh that's kind of like my slogan type thing. You know, people like TMT, uh, like Mayweather has TMT, the money team. Yeah, yeah. like my slogan. I've always because I'm always at the end of the day, uh, I tell everybody this too. Uh, my biggest goal in life like not, not like in my whole life you know is salvation you know living 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 righteously and so during my my profession right now is i'm a professional boxer and so like you know i'm promoter i have two promoters they promote me and everything but then the day i can speak for myself you know i'm i'm the owner of my own company i'm the ceo of my own company and so i my biggest deal is, is salvation so i'm always going to preach about god you know and whatever i do and so my slogan is AG2G, all glory to God, you know, I take it wherever I go, and, uh, you know, I'm going to preach that, you know, wherever I go, you know, and I'm not afraid to preach about it, you know, it's just one of the things that I've, I've grown up, and I've learned a lot, and that's honestly how I get through um, 
all of the sacrifices, you know, being over there away from my family, away from everybody, that, that that's who I go to. That's um, that's what gets me through, you know, hard days of training. Honestly, this is being real. Like, it's just what I do. That's what I go to. I go to God for guidance, you know, everything and uh, comfort. And uh, that's, that's how I get through my days, you know, through the tough days of training and missing my family and all that. That's awesome. Uh, being a communication uh, majors, we kind of like uh, look at the rhetoric behind like just any sort of people that have messages and stuff like that. And yeah. One of the things that interests me the most is uh, religion and stuff like that because yeah, uh, no matter what way you look at it, it's such a powerful uh, just yeah. sort of statement. And that's awesome that you're able to just like yeah. uh, declare like that. Yeah, yeah I'm always going to stand by my faith. And I feel like that's what you're trying to get to. Like yeah. I'm always going to stand by my faith. And that's why I have AG2G. All I have team shirts. And most on all of my team shirts, they have AG2G. And like I make sure that's implanted because I have my own logo, my MD logo. Then I have AG2G on the back and everything. And when I do my signature, I always because uh, you know, I get asked a lot more nowadays. You know, for my signature, you know, for I always sign my name to AG2G. You know, it's like kind of like my. I want to get it. Um, actually, want to get it. Uh, was it patent? Yeah, you know, or, or something like that. You know, because uh, get into later on in the line. You know, what I'm saying uh, business wise and everything. Yeah. So I want to do that, but. I've always lived by lived by that saying. I got it tatted on me. It's just one of those things, you know. It's one thing I live by. And so, you live by it, yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's awesome. Um, so, one question that I'm pretty sure not many people can uh, give an answer to: How is it being in the ring? Oh, what sort of communication occurs easy. with you that's, and your that's opponent? A, that's with easy you? to answer. <laughs> now, uh, me being in the ring. <laughs> Um, I tell everybody this too. Me being in a ring, that's that's like my home. Uh, like it doesn't matter where the ring is gonna be at. It doesn't matter if the rings, Cali, here in Texas, New York, Puerto Rico. You know, it can be anywhere. <laughs> the ring, that's like home to me because I've I've been just just like how anybody else is uh home. You know, they're invited. They go to their bed every single day. You know, so I'm in. I'm training at the ring every single day. You know, say so, so it, every time I'm in the ring, like I'm comfortable. I'm comfortable in there. And I do a lot of sparring. I spar with other guys, and so that's like that's like my comfort zone. You know, I, I love being in there, and it's just one of those things that I've done. It's repetitiously, you know, repetitiously, and so something that you do so often, it becomes normal. You know, what I'm saying so. That's my answer to that. You know, it's, it's very normal. I'm comfortable in the ring and. You know, I love being in there. Yeah, like it, it seems like like what you're saying. You're comparing it to a yeah. room. Like you, you're in there like in the most traumatic moments, in the yep. most stressful moments. Yeah. Like every moment that's mm-hmm. been kind of pivotal. Like that's where that's been, and that's what that sounds like. That's yep. intense. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, and just going back to the communication aspect of it. Um. Whenever you're there boxing in the ring, what sort of cues do you take from like your opponents that like makes you know how to like react? I yeah, suppose? so every fight, every fight is different. Every time you get in the ring is different, and that's uh, being that's where being uh, comfortable comes into play because the first round is is always going to be different. You have to figure out your opponent. You have to see what they're doing there. Uh, you it's basically I tell everybody it's like chess. It's not checkers. You know, whoever's playing chess is gonna win the fight if you're playing checkers you know there it's gonna be easy to figure out you know what i'm saying so anyways you figure out your opponent and this just comes with years of experience mm-hmm. you're not yeah. gonna get it in six months you know what i'm saying you know, years and years years of experience you you can literally i can literally when i'm fighting with somebody 
I'll know what they're going to be doing after two rounds. Like, I know what they're going to do the next round. You know what I'm saying? Just if they if they're, if they throw their left hand and right after they throw the left hand, it comes down two inches below their chin. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's little things like you catch on. And, you know, you have to be, um, you're thinking, it, it's a thinking man's game. You know what I'm saying? And so you have to be loose because uh, every fight is different, you know, because there, there's a lot of people that fight just with, with adrenaline. Those people are easier to find out than you know than yeah, somebody that's calm things. and thinking. You know what I'm saying? So that's why, like most of my knockouts have been with guys that are, have came out just trying to swing for the fences and knock my head off. Mm-hmm. And I, I figure them out easy. That's why I knocked them out so easy. But like as my competition gets up higher in my career now, like how it is, you know, it becomes more of a chess match. You know what I'm saying? So I'm fighting good fighters that are thinking just like me, and so that's what I love too. You know, it's just like the best of the best you know who's gonna get the better of that person that day the strategy yeah, like like how you were mentioning the your scorecard was uh yeah I was up, up, so you yeah. knew what you were yeah. doing essentially i knew i was up and uh but then then again it's a sport that has rules and stuff yeah. you know so yeah. it was out of my control of what happened that night and but you know hopefully in the near future i'll get my rematch you know get the dub back and it'll be like it didn't never happen yeah absolutely it's yeah. a learning experience yep, I, exactly. no matter what you're doing i think uh I think that's like the biggest aspect of just growing with uh, yourself and mm-hmm. everything that's going on around you. So yeah. I think that's awesome. Uh, one question that I had um, was like, who was who were the boxers that like influenced you? Because you got Mike Tyson with like peekaboo style. You got people yeah. with that outbox, inbox. Yeah. So who were like the people that inspired you? I grew up, uh, I don't know if you guys know, know, I've heard of his name, but his name was Miguel Cotto. He was a Puerto Rican mm-hmm. boxer, world champion, and uh, that's that's what made me. Um, once I saw him on the TV, you know, straight warrior, and he was, you know, uh, one of the first fights I saw. I think was never he fought Zap Judah. I could look that fight up. It was bad. It was a good fight, great fight. Anyways, he he has his cut, you know, just like how I was. His cut was a lot worse than mine, <laughs> and you know, it was a world championship fight. And he's cut, just blood and bloody, blood and guts. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just he's a warrior, and he ended up stopping the guy like in the eleventh round, I believe. And that was just like one of those things that uh, kind of like sparked sparked like a fire in me when I was little, and I was already watching boxing and getting into boxing, and so that was, it was Miguel Cotto, and then. That that that's all I I really like grew up like inspired by, you know I'm I'm a but I'm a fan of I I love to watch boxing you know I've, I'm a fan of all the all of the great talent that there was you know from like the Mayweather to the Sugar Rays you know Tyson Ali, um, Hagler Hearns like I I love watching boxing I watch a lot of old school fights new school I just love it all. Is there any like new boxers that? Uh, you really take inspiration from uh new or not well really not anymore because mm-hmm. you know i could see myself fighting them yeah you know what i'm saying so i'm the competition for them now you know so uh, i can't put myself in like oh like i'm seeing him i want to be like him like nah i want to beat him you know i remember i remember the night that uh Bacchiao got knocked out because... Mm. Uh, by Marquez. Yeah, by Marquez. Because what's it called? I, I, I mean, what what year was that? Do you remember what? Uh, it was... It was. I was fairly young. That's yeah, all I remember. Part, so, yeah. so I remember like... Because my family does a, a bunch of boxing. Like that's the one of the activities that we kind of did uh, every now and then. And so I remember I'd gotten up because I was like, man, I'm kind of hungry, right? So I'm over there warming up a tortilla just because I'm <laughs> hungry. About throwing some... Uh, carne con chile verde or something it was something along the lines of that and then uh 
I kind of just, it, it occurred to me just like, all right, let me go check out on the fight. As soon as I walked, because they were watching in the living room, and Sleep. in the back room, they they were like, the back room was, uh, they had a TV up, and I, I don't know who was watching in there, but I went back there. Like, as soon as I walked in, ah, slump, bro. Yeah, that was slumped. the most memorable moment in a minute for me. I thought that was so insane. Yeah. I've slept somebody like that, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty how does that feel like um i mean knowing knowing that you're uh like in a, a place where that's something that's possible like yeah I does mean, that it, does that feel like, like an achievement it's part it's part of the game you know that's what i signed up for but that's also why i work so hard to not be one of those you know what yeah I'm saying? yeah because even though, I, I, even though I, I know you know for you know a fact that could that could be me one day but you know i don't go in the ring thinking that you know what i'm saying so it's just part of it's part of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can't you can't yeah, really you can't, go into like, same like with that. Yeah. Nah. same with running, same yep. with football, with anything, like any sport. Any you football. have to go in knowing like, hey, yeah, like, it's like you gotta you're be gonna in that kill it for it. Yeah, it's all mental. Ha, ha, like most of it's mental, man. Like a lot, a lot of it. You know, of course, you have to be physically ready, but the it's like as fifty percent. I say it's fifty percent physical and fifty percent mental, because mm-hmm. you can be. You could be in the best shape of your life. I, I, I can. I'll put it like this: You can be in the best shape of your life, and you'll lose a fight in the in the dressing room if you if your mind is going all crazy. You know what I'm saying? And you can't handle it. You fold under pressure, basically. Like you have to prepare your mind for everything that can happen in that ring. You know what I'm saying? And if you if if you prepare physically, you should be mentally mentally uh, ready too. Right, right. Take take or go ahead. One word that um, that I've kind of like come across like when I've just been kind of getting into like boxing like over the years like just I don't watch like a lot of like uh, recent fights but a lot of older fights mm-hmm. but um, one word that's kind of come up when people are going through like recovery or going through losses was like punch drunk mm-hmm. when it's kind of like that mental yeah that mental block like. Uh, have you ever uh, seen anyone like experience something like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's part of the thing that has, has happened in boxing too. That's basically guys with no defense, you know, <laughs> uh, that get hit a lot, and mm-hmm. you, you can become punch drunk, and you know, it alters you know your mind and you know how you think and stuff. And uh, so, you know, I don't. That's why I work on my defense. You know, I hope that I'll never be the, uh like that uh, one day. You know, so. Yeah, cause that would be a huge obstacle to get yeah. over just because, you know, you got to keep taking those hits. Yeah. And you can't be afraid to just mm-hmm. get in there. Yeah. And going back to, like, your style, are you more, like, out or are you, like, in people's faces? No, I mean, uh, the, uh, I'm a boxer. I'm, I am I want to say, like, I'm a brawler or just uh, around the ring boxer. You know, I'm just a balanced boxer. You know, I like to, if I figure out a guy, if I hurt him, I'll go for the kill. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you got to be smart about it, too. But I'm gonna try to figure out the guy and like not all crazy, you know, yeah. using my jab, distance, and feints, and try to figure out the guy, you know. Uh, and then when I do, then you can start uh, landing good shots, you know. And so I started looking for the right shot to land and take them out. So any like techniques that you're kind of like associated with or you're known for? No, uh, no not really, you know. Uh, and that that that's the biggest thing about the boxing game too is not being. Um, not being one dimensional, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Not not being easy to figure out. So you have to be able to 
adapt and uh, be able to do different styles that's one thing i think i'm good at you know is being able to i can fight a boxer a brawler or you know i say i'll know how to adjust yeah taking it taking it out of context of boxing aspects and just like looking at like yourself in general it seems like um you've sort of figured out a way to just like handle not only like yourself in the ring training in life and stuff like that but it just seems like you've finally adjusted us and like you were saying um high school is difficult for you it just wasn't your thing and just acknowledging that is is such a like a large step and i think that's so great that you you even are in a position to where you've come from this place of just like a humble like mm-hmm. fighting beginning and sort of risen up to like a position to where you you're sort of just like talking to kids now at school. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that's that's something to cherish, and um, yeah. absolutely, like it, it absolutely shows in everything you've done so far, and just knowing where you where you come from, like knowing yeah. you from high school. I think that's just seeing you in a position like this is awesome. Um, yeah. I feel the same way towards like what I'm doing as far as getting my degree and stuff like yeah. that. So that's yeah. that's awesome to just uh, not only like grow up with you, but just yeah. see you progress. We're growing up and, you know, just growing in life, you know what I'm saying? Just like you're doing, there's different obstacles you got to get through in life and, you know, get through them and uh, set goals and higher goals. And it just keeps, it keeps, like you set pillars, you know, and you just keep knocking them down. And uh, so that's how I feel, you know. Um, right now, you know, I'm dedicated to my boxing career. I want to do the most that I can with it, and then whenever um, I'm done with my boxing career, I'll move on to something else that I know that'll, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that will uh, motivate me and you know, help motivate other people. You know, at the end of the day, like I want, I want to help a lot of people in my life. You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing I want to do. So after my boxing career, I'm gonna, because I definitely want to have like a business here in Midland. You know, just for to like have my stamp here in Midland because you know Midland raised me I'm always gonna I'm always gonna have Midland on my back you know and wherever I go you know Midland's gonna be with me that's so funny because I um the I think the very first thought I had uh about Midland was like I need to get out of here yeah (laughs) did you ever feel that way I mean it was at at a point you know um in a way I got out of here to make it you know to come back you know try to um help this generation help this generation you know do like the same thing you know because at the end of the day at the end of the day you know that's what i want to do is build more stuff to where you don't have to leave midland to Mm -hmm. make it you know what i'm saying where you can just be here and make it and so that's one of my like ultimate goals too in life you know is to start you know very successful business here and uh get because you do that it's like it, it's like it sets a chain you know what i'm saying yeah and, yeah and it keeps and it'll be after i die you know what i'm saying like sort of just like the yeah. legacy yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Legacy. the same way at the same yeah. time there you, you know go. so that's that's like uh the vision you mm-hmm. know that i have you know so hopefully uh you know i just gotta keep working hard and well i can live that vision see what the thing is like some people it's like uh, when they want to leave somewhere, it's like you can always come back. Yeah, it's like it'll always be here. Yeah, so Midland's always gonna be a part of me. You know, I'm over there grinding in California. I can come back here yeah. and you know um, be a light to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. so, cause these are my people. You know, I want to get back to my people. You know, of course, of course. That's how it is. So, like speaking of like goals for your boxing career, what like what are you trying to achieve? Uh, to be a world champion. And bring champion. bring back a world championship and uh 
Midland will have a, its own world champion. I don't know. Midland's never had a world champion, you know. And being a world champion, you know, that's the number one fighter in your weight class in the whole entire world. You know what I'm saying? And so right now I'm in the top 25 in the, uh, world. In the world. And so, you know, I'm getting close to getting close to being that. So I just need to. Who is number one? Uh, there's there's different champions right now. There's mm-hmm. um, Devin Haney. Uh, there there's there's champions in in uh, each different weight class. My weight class is uh, Vasil Lomachenko and Richard Comey. So there's like three guys. Those are like the top guys right now. So that's what everybody's shooting for, mm-hmm. you know, to get their chance to be a world champion. Do you study them like uh, in their fights? Uh, no, I, not. I mean, I see them, of course, and. Uh, but I don't study him. I only study the fighter that I'm gonna fight. You know, cause yeah. that's all I need to worry about. Step at a time. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. One, one fight at a time. You know, and cause that's the thing about having a fight. You have a fight. You have a full training camp. You train for that one fighter. You know, you pass the test and get to another one. You know what I'm saying? So, and, and it might be different. Yeah, for the next every, one. every fight's different. Well, there you go. Well, yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. I just love hearing you, like, in this mentality. It's mm-hmm. so so awesome to just, like, like I said, see my homies just, like, progress in any way possible, whether they be heading to, like, the world champions of boxing or just, like, passing a, uh, an exam. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really cool just seeing um, my friends just make uh, good choices and succeed in them, right? Mm-hmm. But, um... Well, thank you so much, Michael. This means a lot to me. Um, the the fact that we were able to make this work out. We had a yeah. little bit of trouble at first making oh, it work, but we it's finally got good. it. It's raining outside. There's a severe thunderstorm warning outside, but it's, we, it's we, midland weather for we you. Cozy up, yeah. We cozy up in the four three two. Nah, I appreciate I appreciate you having me, bro, and uh, inviting me. I heard about it that you know you're having a podcast. You know, done a couple in California. You know, especially if I hear anything that's like here in midland, you know. Um, I feel like it's, it's like entrepreneurship, you know what I'm saying? I support this, you know what I'm saying? So I appreciate you having me, and, you know, until next time. Yeah. Uh, anyone you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? Any social media? Shout out. Shout out to God. Listen, shout out AG2G, you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, my family. Um, follow me on Instagram, mdutchoverbox. Facebook, Michael Dutchover. And Twitter, mdutchoverbox. And appreciate you guys. Shout out to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Well, we appreciate having you. Uh, well, I'm Caden Hayes. I'm Ruben Guerra, and we're signing out for Com Talk. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>